Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with IU Athletics beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times and Indianapolis star Dustin Dupirak. IU men's basketball wins first exhibition game. IU football and IU water polo announced their 2023 season schedules. We will have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU athletics. So let's talk sports. And we'll start with Indiana Men's basketball getting a 78-42 win over Marion University NAIA program from Indianapolis Saturday afternoon in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. The Hoosiers were without Trace Jackson Davis and Tamar Bates due to injuries, but the Hoosiers got huge contributions from freshman Malik Renu, 14 points, 11 rebounds, and his teammate in high school at Montverde Academy in Florida, Jalen hood Shafino with 11 points. Those two got the start for coach Mike Woodson along with Race Thompson, Miller Cop, and Xavier Johnson. Thompson had 13.6 rebounds. Logan Duncombe, the sophomore from Cincinnati, 11 points, 11 rebounds off the bench. The Hoosiers led 42-21 at halftime. Hayden Landcable had 9 points to lead Marion. The Hoosiers held the Knights to 24.6% shooting from the field, while IU shot 51.6%. Marion's athletic director is former IU player Steve Downing, who was the 1972-73 Big Ten Player of the Year, and that team was honored at halftime for the 50th anniversary of winning the Big Ten Championship. Woodson said after the game that he and Downing are very close friends, and they will try and schedule an exhibition game every year with Marion if he can. IU will host NAIA School St. Francis from Fort Wayne Thursday at 7 o'clock in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Indiana University football had the week off. The Hoosiers will host Penn State Saturday in Memorial Stadium at 3.30, and the game will be on ABC. But the 2023 IU football schedule was announced this week, as the Hoosiers will open up September 2nd at home against Ohio State, host Indiana State September 9th, September 16th at Lucas Oil Stadium against Louisville. September 23rd hosts Akron. September 30th at Maryland. October 7th, the bye week. October 14th at Michigan. October 21st hosts Rutgers. October 28th at Penn State. November 4th hosts Wisconsin. November 11th at Illinois. November 18th hosts Michigan State. And the Old Oaken Bucket game, November 25th in West Lafayette against Purdue. The Big Ten Championship will be held December 2nd at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And the Big Ten new media rights agreement with NBC, CBS, Fox, Fox Sports 1, Big Ten Network, and Peacock will start on July 1st of 2023. So all of these games will be televised on one of those outlets, and that will be announced at a later date. 
Indiana University Water Polo announces the 2023 schedule, which includes 23 regular season games starting January the 20th when the Hoosiers go to L.A. to face UCLA and ending April 16th in California at Santa Clara. The Hoosiers will have 11 home games in the Councilman Billingsley Aquatic Center January 28th and 29th, February 18th and 19th, March the 4th, April 1st, and April 8th. The Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Championships are in San Jose, California, April 28th through 30th, and the NCAA Championships are in Stockton, California, May the 12th through 14th. High school sports time, let's check the local high school scoreboard. In high school football, Class 5A sectional semifinals Friday night, Bloomington North beat Seymour 56-38. Bloomington South beat Columbus East 35-7. That sets up Bloomington North 6-4, going cross town to Bloomington South 8-1, Friday at 7 for the Class 5A sectional 15 championship game. Martinsville beat Bedford North Lawrence 42-14. Martinsville 8 and 3 on the year will travel to East Central 9 and 2 for the Class 4A Sectional Championship Friday night. Bedford North Lawrence ends the season at 6 and 5. Owen Valley beat Gibson Southern 28 to 21. Owen Valley 11 and 0 will host Pike Central 3 and 8 in the Class 3A Sectional 30 Championship at 7. Linton beat Southmont 35-29. Linton 11 and 0 will go to Sullivan 7-4 for the Class 2A Sectional 37 Championship Friday night. In the Girls Cross Country State Finals in Terre Haute, Noblesville wins their first state title with 122 points. Columbus North finishes second with 153. Bloomington South 16th with 388 points. Senior Lily Myers finished 24th. Junior Clara Graham 98th. Senior Lily Cridge of Indianapolis Bishop Tatard wins the individual state title for the second straight year and becomes the seventh individual to win multiple titles. Freshman Hannah Crane at Edgewood finished 115th. In the boys' cross-country state finals in Terre Haute, Carmel wins its 17th straight title with 103 points. Zionsville second with 106. Senior Cole Matheson of Carmel wins the individual state title, just the second Carmel runner to win the individual title, joining Ben Veach in 2014 and 2015. Veach went on to run for IU. Bloomington North finished 7th with 265 points. Senior Kyle Clark finished 11th. Bloomington South 16th with 389 points. Junior Ryan Ream finished 13th. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we will talk with IU Athletics beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times and the Indianapolis star Dustin Dupirak. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkins on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at carpetcleaningbrothers.com. 
Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. This is Indiana University Senior Associate Athletic Director Jeremy Gray, and I listen to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. He covers Indiana University athletics for the Bloomington Herald Times and the Indianapolis Star. Dustin Dopierak is my guest. Dustin, it is a pleasure to have you. Thanks for taking the time to join me. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me. It is my pleasure for sure. So you've had quite the journey in your career. You were with the Bloomington Herald Times from 2009 to 2014. You came back to the state in 2018 working for the Athletic, and now you're back covering the Herald Times in 2021. I know your wife is from the state of Indiana, so obviously it must be great to come back and cover Hoosier sports again. Yeah, I mean, we... (laughs) We, we had a, we had a heck of a stretch in the middle there and, and some things didn't work out and whatever, and obviously came back and the pandemic hit and couldn't stay at the athletic. And so there's, there's been a lot of movement and a lot of, yeah, a lot of bouncing around, but it's, it's been great to be back. Uh, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, you know, she's an IU grad and she's a South Bend native and she's got friends kind of everywhere in between in the state. And we've got a lot of good friends who we knew in Bloomington that live in Indy now. And so that's, that's really been good. I mean, we, she and I actually started dating about three months before I left Bloomington in the first place and so it's been it, it, it's been good for us to get back out here you know get back to a place I know get back to a place she knows it's worked out really good it's been nice to get back to familiar surroundings I've been fortunate obviously even when when you know losing a gig to be able to be back at the same place that I was and and you know have a lot of really good people to work with too so it, it has worked out well for us I know you grew up in the Pittsburgh area. You covered the Pirates and the Steelers for a year. You also got to cover University at Tennessee football for two years. Obviously, Tennessee is having a great football season with huge wins over Alabama, LSU, and Florida. I'm sure you still follow the Vols a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, covering IU football, I don't get a chance to really watch. But, you know, obviously still, you know, made a lot of friends on that press corps that I still follow. And and a lot of sort of fans that, you know, people that were on the press corps that are now just fans or or people that kind of straddle that line. So I've gotten I always get a sense of of the emotion that's coming out of Knoxville and because it's just a wild place. I mean, and, and it is a wild fan base and they've been through a lot. So they're they've been angry for a long time and really seeing the I mean, I, I think there's really a direct parallel here. And and I guess I, I sort of hope for them that maybe they have a better postscript. But watching the reaction to Tennessee, Alabama, and especially the way that it happened really reminded me of IU Kentucky in 2011. I thought it was very similar vibe of, you know, you, you you've caught some just bad breaks as as a program things have gone wrong you've hired the wrong guy a few times 
you've had some teams that were promising and didn't go right. And then, and, and here you are. And so you, you find yourself just feeling, you know, like your, your program just has this feeling of like, what, when is anything going to get better? And, you know, sometimes you just get enough breaks really fast and it comes together really fast and you beat the team that you're really not supposed to beat, you know, and especially like Alabama, you know, like, I, I don't think they're a bad team. I mean, I think they're going to end up still being right there. Um, you know, they tend to lose one game and still manage to get in the playoff anyway. But you managed to beat those guys on a last second field goal. I mean, that's not a lot different than, you know, the, the depths Indiana was at and, and, and managed to just quickly kind of, you know, not catch lightning in a bottle, but like you had to, you know, lay a lot of foundation and do a lot of work there to finally get right. And then all of that sort of catharsis just sort of pours out on the field. And it was very similar. I thought seeing, I, I mean, I had the exact same thought when both things happened, you know, when, when, when Watford hits a shot to be Kentucky, I'm like, there's no reaction. That's too much for this. Like there's nothing over the top here. And I felt like within a minute of my, that thought sort of, you know, coursing through my head, I couldn't see, panel of wood on the assembly hall floor and it was i think similar at, at neyland is that it was like wow tennessee just beat alabama on a last second field goal 52 to 49 and that game was wild god who were they i guess it was maryland we were watching you know we, we kind of had that on it's like especially when maryland started to pull away or started to put the game away we're like man this game's way more interesting we're sitting there waiting for tom allen like do you guys know what's going on in tennessee alabama right now do you guys see this and we saw the field goal and you're like, well, there's no reactions too much for that. You know, considering just what that program has been through. What I mean, they're just going to lose their minds. And of course they did. You know, they took two goalposts down. I don't know where one is that they, they threw it in the river. I mean, it could be, you know, all the way in Georgia. I don't know. I have no idea how far that thing traveled and they had to get new ones for the next game. And so, no, I mean, happy for a lot of those people that are really invested. And I think I have certain disagreements with the state of Tennessee as a whole, but the the fan base, they're just, they are so passionate. They really, really care. And so it was, it was fun to see them enjoy something like that. Again, they were media and became fans, left the media or whatever, and got to kind of allowed themselves to be fans again, you know, showing pictures of themselves on the field. I'm like, you know what? That's really cool. You know, I'm glad that happens. It's a fun, you know, like one of those really fun things about sports. It's like whatever moments like that are possible. And you can kind of see people experience that with their friends and their family and everything. It's really cool. Well, and you can tell their program's on the rise when college game day has showed up for the Florida and Alabama games already yep. for this season. So mm-hmm. it they, is they, amazing they, they, to watch Tennessee. They finally guessed right on a coach. Josh Heupel really took them to a next level, you know, and, and they, they kept guessing wrong with Pruitt and Jones and everybody since Fulmer, uh, and they really got one right this time. So it, that helps a lot. And they, and, and they got a quarterback and some receivers, and they just fling the ball in the air and they go get it. Well, switching gears to IU football, of course, the Hoosiers on a bye week, three and five, one and four in the Big Ten, five game losing streak. Is this where you expected IU to be right now? I thought they'd they'd beat somebody. I thought they'd beat a Rutgers or I thought they'd beat a Maryland or or both. I figured they would have a little bit of hope at this point. I I knew they were going to have a hard time. I mean, you obviously knew that they were really starting over after last year, that there were a lot of, you know, they obviously got some returning guys, you know, in the secondary and, and some other places, you know, they obviously new quarterback, new running backs, new wide receiver. It's like, okay, there's a new offensive coordinator, you know, new defensive coordinator, even with Allen calling the plays, you knew that there was going to be a lot of shakeup and, and, you know, you know, they were carrying two and 10 uh, and that was rough, but I mean, I expected there to be, you know, they would get it back to get put it together to some level. 
And, you know, they would find a way to beat a Rutgers and they would find maybe they could beat a Maryland. Maybe they would beat a Nebraska. I, I just thought they would have more than three going into November. I mean, I, I thought November, I, my view of it was you better get six by November because you're not getting any in November. And Michigan State's more beatable now than they were, but you still got to go there. And, and, and I think three and nine is the likely scenario right now. And I would have thought they would have been at least a little bit better, four and eight, maybe five and six, five and seven. Um, you know, I didn't think they'd get to a bowl game, but I didn't see it as completely out of the question. But it's just the, the teams that, that they've had a crack at and not been able to beat, I think, is really the disappointing piece. It's just, you got to be able to beat Rutgers. You had to be able to beat Nebraska, you know, when they weren't far from firing. You know, they had just fired their coach. You got to be able to win those games, and and they haven't been able to. And, and so, you know, I mean, it was hard to say what to expect from them because we saw so little of them before we actually started seeing them playing games. You know, they really kind of quieted things up. And, and, you know, we got to see a little bit of camp, but we didn't see any spring ball or even a spring game. So it was hard to say, okay, who's going to be what here? And it's tough, and it's obviously a scenario where you stack two and 10 and three and nine, and that's how you get yourself in a spiral. So they're, they're in a rough position right now. Well, I think the Maryland game was also a game they had a chance to win because yeah. Talia Tungavailoa gets knocked out. They bring in Billy Edwards Jr. He goes 0 for 3 passing, but he's running for 50 yards and a touchdown. There, there are so many things to pinpoint with this team. Injuries, a new offensive line coach, so many guys that have transferred in and transferred out what do you pinpoint just the the struggles to I mean all three of those yeah everything yeah I mean it's just it's everything but it's just when you get knocked off schedule like they did last year everything's a scramble you know and I think that's really a big piece to it is is you go from going into 2020 and feeling really good in 2021 and feeling really good about yourself as a top 25 team and when the bottom falls out on that, it's it's really hard to find answers. And, and they obviously made changes at certain places, you know, obviously had to get a new offensive coordinator, had to get a new defensive coordinator, you know, several other position coaches. And you could argue that that the most obvious change you needed to make wasn't made in deciding to keep Darren Hiller and go into this season and keep him around and give him another crack at it. And and the line didn't come along, but, you know, I don't know how much better they would be if they, they had made a change. Maybe they win a game more than they have and you're feeling a little bit better about yourself or maybe, maybe two, but, but I have my doubt they would have actually done it. There's a lot of pieces there. There's guys that aren't performing at the level they need them to. There are injuries that are holding things back. There are, they have a lot of guys in a lot of spots that are just okay. And they're not bad. Like you don't, you know, like I don't think Connor Bazelak's bad. You know, he's thrown for over 2000 yards in eight games. And, uh, and so you can't say that he's atrocious, but he's only completing 54% of his passes. He's very streaky. Saturday, he hits 10 in a row, then goes 13 of 31 the rest of the way. And you've seen that, like that's, that's a trend that he has these stretches where he is on target seven of seven, eight of eight. And then he goes missing for a while. And I don't know if the tempo works, you know, for these guys, they're certainly their best drives. You could absolutely ascribe to tempo, but then you could say, you could see the double-edged sort of that, especially I think this last week, I want to say they had four drives. There were three plays that went under a minute and two of them were particularly costly because they faced 27 plays on defense in the third quarter and they only ran six of their own on offense. And so you, you have all just fell off so much last year that you had to change so much. 
and some of it's working, some of it isn't. Some of it works sometimes and doesn't other times. It's just a program in general that was on a steady course that just got knocked off the rails and is just having a hard time get back on them. And so everything from coaching to players, scheme to the whole bit, is having a hard time redeveloping a grip when even the not great teams, the Allen era before this, were at least competitive. You know, even the 18 teams that didn't make it, you were getting to Purdue with a crack at it. This group probably isn't going to be there. And last, last group obviously wasn't either. So it's just, uh, just things are just starting to stack. Things, enough things went wrong last year that it's just been hard to get them back on the rails. And then that's going to cost them in recruiting. You know, they've obviously been able to put good classes together up through 22. You know, this class is going to be small. And so far, it doesn't have a, a headline person, really. It's got some three stars, and that's about it. How well are they going to be able to do for the 2024 class when they take this on the road in the spring, whether it's three and nine or four and eight or whatever it is, and you're stacking that with two and 10 recruits, you'll be like, well, what do I need to come play for you for? And so it's going to be harder to get those studs out of Florida that they've been getting. It's just further evidence of how tough it is to build a football program. There's just so many facets, so many things that can go wrong. And when one thing does, it really feels like the sky is falling down on your head. We're going to take a quick break when we come back more with Dustin Dopirak. After this quick timeout, this is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MAT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MAT. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. Hey, this is Chandler Thompson of the Muncie Central Boys basketball team. Whenever I get a chance, I love listening to my guy, Nick Jenkinson, on South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Dustin Dopirak, the beat writer for IU Athletics for the Bloomington Herald Times and the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, we're talking about, of course, IU's rough season in football. And, of course, we mentioned the November schedule with Penn State and Purdue at home and Michigan State and Ohio State on the road. It does not get better. Of course, Illinois is leading the Big Ten West. Did you think that the West would be as crazy as it is with Illinois leading? I mean, the West is absurd and the West has been absurd. And because you don't have these kind of pillars that you have in the East where, you know, Ohio State's always going to be awesome. You know, you know, Michigan most of the time is going to be up there. Penn State, basically one of those two and possibly two are going to be really good. You know, that creates this clear hierarchy, whereas the West, you really don't have that. You usually can trust that Wisconsin is going to be pretty good. And the rest of that league, you never know. And, you know, I I mean, Illinois has a special player, Chase Brown. I mean, I I mean, it's it's wild to me that 
that the only team that Illinois has lost to is Indiana, and I'm sure a couple more losses coming for Illinois. But, you know, they've got a really good shot at winning that division, you know, the way that they play. I mean, they, they, they run the ball really well. They can block. They can take the run away. And they have a functional quarterback in DeVito. And, and, and that formula has worked out pretty well. It obviously didn't work out opening week. But since then, they've really got it right. And, and just everybody else has been kind of a wreck. And Wisconsin, I think, is making, you know, they're making a run. So I think that they might get back in that race. Purdue's not totally out of it yet, but Illinois has got a clear advantage. I mean, they, they are absolutely in the driver's seat there. You know, Minnesota had a moment where you thought they were going to be really, really good. And then they've dropped a couple and they got waxed by Penn State the other day. So, you know, it's it's all over the place. I mean, and that's why I think Indiana fans can't wait for there to be an end to divisions or at least have divisions shaken up because they keep looking over at the West and saying, like, one of those years we could have got lucky. And where, whereas the West is like, if you're over there, you've always got a crack at it. You know, some it's like, you know, you, you just got to get right a couple of times. Hope you have an easy crossover. If you do, you know, that that really helps. So it's just, you know, that that division is all over the place and anybody can win it pretty much any year. Somebody can rise up and take it because just nobody is all that established, you know, mostly Wisconsin, but not all the time. Um, and you've seen so many, you know, the Northwestern, Northwestern can pipe up and win that division and, and Purdue can pipe up and win that division. And so can, you know, just about anybody in that league. So you just, you, you just never know over there. True freshman, Dason McCullough. He's got 35 tackles on the year. He's got four sacks. Kid played at Bloomington South his, for a year. His dad, of course, was an assistant here before leaving. Have you seen a true freshman make an impact the way he has on defense? Not like that. I would say, you know, obviously they, they, there has been a in – in recent games, you can tell the teams know he's coming, and Illinois didn't. You know, and, and some of those other programs that saw him at the beginning of the year did not, were not prepared for, for what the song was going to do and what they were going to do with him. So I think they, he's finally shown up on film that whenever you see zero out there, you're like, hey, hey, that guy, you know, be on that guy. Basically just shift the blocking, whatever you have to do, just make sure there's somebody standing in his way. And so it has been a lot harder for him to get in the backfield, but it was clear and it's a lot. And, and, and even there's, there's stuff he does that I think very easily goes unnoticed. But, you know, I mean, I, he chased somebody down the other day. I'm trying to think who the running back was. Might have been Sam Brown, but somebody got loose. And it was Desan who runs him down. And you're like, I mean, that's just a special athlete. And he's definitely, I mean, I, and I talked to him about this and he has a sense of this. I mean, right, right before he signed, I got him on the phone. And, you know, I, I just asked him, like, if he has a sense how he fits in the modern day game. And, and, and he has a sense of guys like Micah Parsons that are these, you know, athletes, guys that are that more, that, prototypically kind of fit into a wide receiver's body, but want to play defense. There's a value to that. Basically that length helps you, you know, just as a pass rusher, but you still have that speed. You can chase guys downfield. You can cover in space and he's played safety. He's played cornerback. He's played linebacker. He's played edge, you know, everything, but down defensive tackle he's played at some point in his life and he loves it and he makes a huge impact i mean whenever he comes in on on pass rush downs again you, you've got to commit resources to him so if even if you're blocking him you're letting somebody else go and so he made he's made a huge, huge impact he's been a big deal i mean you know good for him for sticking around you know i mean i think a lot obviously that the presumption was that when uh his dad left that, that he would look to leave too and his and his uh younger brother obviously decommitted end up in cincinnati but Desan said, no, I'm sticking around. I think this, this is where I fit. I think they'll use me well. And, and, you know, for Indiana's case, hopefully he sticks around like going forward. 
he's just been a menace. I mean, he is, he is something else coming off that edge, but you know, you can play him at that Husky spot. You can play him at that edge spot and they can move him around. He can bring pressure from a bunch of areas, but also drop back and cover or even just fit up in the run game. Just really a special player. We've only got a minute or two left. Just quickly, IU basketball, obviously it's an exciting year. You got both the men and women's teams ranked in the top 15. Both of them made the NCAA tournament. Of course, they are picked very high. IU men picked to win the Big Ten. The women picked second or third, depending on who you ask. How excited are you just to get back to Simon Scott Assembly Hall and just watch these two teams go to work this winter? Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun year for sure, for coverage standpoint, but just, just from the fan standpoint, to get really uh, roped up in somebody. I mean, I think the, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the men are kind of your Big Ten favorite by default. Just so much talent has left the league. You know, I think 13 of 16 all being 10 players, you know, moved on, either grad, either were out of eligibility or, or drafted. And that gives Indiana a real crack at it. And, and I'm very excited, very, you know, interested to see how this team's going to look, you know, who are going to be the guys that they focus on, who's going to start, how are they going to rotate, you know, who made leaps. Uh, you're you're going to, I think, really see, get a, a better sense of guys like Tamar Bates and Jordan Geronimo that you've been watching that I think are going to have bigger roles. You'll be asked to do some things that are different than they've been asked to do in the past. You know, what does Jalen Hood-Shafino look like? How does a backcourt of Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hood-Shafino together look? How do those guys function? Where does Malik Reno fit into all of this? Because he's a super talented player, and obviously we've already got Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson uh, in that front court. So where does he sort of fit in? But also, what's Trace look like? What's his next step? Is he going to shoot some threes? Where where does that come into it in into his game? And you know, I mean, what's he going to be like knowing he really wants to go to the NBA? You know, and how is he going to approach? not approach, but, you know, what's his leap going to look like? Are you going to see a guy that is hell-bent? Because I think he might, uh, but I think it's going to be fascinating, you know, obviously on the women's side, you know, Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes uh, coming back for one last ride. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Those have been special players, Grace Berger in particular, I think. I and mean, if, if you like basketball purism, she's like exactly, I mean, just her mid-range jumper is a thing of beauty. And it's just, you know, you could watch it all day. It's just like she always, anything from 10 to 15 feet, you're like, that's exactly how it's supposed to look. She just has such a, a smart perimeter game. And so really looking forward to, you know, that whole group and just what it's going to be like to see Indiana just really jacked about basketball because I think they're very ready to move on from football season, but they're ready to get ready to, to get, you know, really roped into these two basketball programs this year. I think that is every IU fan's adage when we get to halfway through the football season is basketball season can't come soon enough. Can't and it's come here. soon enough, especially this no. year. There have been other years where they, they were, were enjoying it. This is not one. Absolutely not. Well, Dustin, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much for joining me. Congratulations, of course, on all that you do. Keep up all the good work, and we'll do this again soon. And, of course, I will see you in the press box at Memorial Stadium and Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And again, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Nick. My thanks to Dustin Dupirak for being my guest this week. And IU Sports Volleyball is at Nebraska Wednesday night, 9 o'clock on the Big Ten Networks. Thursday, swimming at the FINA World Cup in Indianapolis. Men's basketball host St. Francis from Fort Wayne in second exhibition game at 7 o'clock. Friday, men's soccer will be in the Big Ten Tournament quarterfinals. Cross Country hosts the Hoosier Invitational, the women's race at 320, the men's race at 4. Wrestling hosts SIU Edwardsville at 7. Women's basketball hosts Kentucky Wesleyan in their only exhibition at 7. Men's tennis at the Big Ten Singles and Doubles Championships in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
swimming at the FINA World Cup in Indianapolis. Saturday, wrestling at the Kaufman Brand Bailey Open in St. Louis, Missouri. Football hosts Penn State at 3.30 on ABC. Swimming at the FINA World Cup in Indianapolis. Men's tennis at the Big Ten Singles and Doubles Championships in Ann Arbor. Sunday, rowing versus Ohio State. Volleyball at Wisconsin. Men's tennis at the Big Ten Singles and Doubles Championships in Ann Arbor. And Monday night, IU men's basketball gets the season started for real in the regular season opener against Moorhead State, 7 o'clock in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And that game will be on Big Ten Network Plus. Thank you for joining us this evening, and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media every Monday night right here for more Talkin' Sports. was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.